Shivering Silverstone sets up a series finale. Hello and welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast. And we have just about warmed up from quite a chilly and breezy weekend at Silverstone. It was very cold. It was a bit chilly, yeah. Even you admitted it was cold. You I, wore trousers. I wore trousers, which is a turn up for the books on most occasions. You were currently wearing shorts, just yep. for the listeners. Only shorts. I mean, please. Um, yeah, I, I decided to try and wrap up warm because those grandstands at Silverstone do get a little bit breezy. Particularly when there's nobody in them to break the breeze up. It was a very quiet Silverstone, I thought. Yeah, I, I think it's more because of the financial situation in the country and less people going. Obviously, all the coverage on TV always pretty much covers all of it. Um, and going to the track is... Sometimes I feel like a proper treat. Yeah, although Silverstone being sort of this national gem in the motorsport crown of the UK, I don't know, I was just a bit surprised that A, we left early to avoid the traffic. There was no traffic. We left uh, We didn't leave, leave early, but we left pretty much on time to avoid the traffic. In, in the morning to get there, not leave yeah. the circuit early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We left the circuit bang on the time after the third race to avoid the traffic. There was no traffic. And actually the... I've been to Silverstone before. It's been difficult to find a decent seat in this in the grandstands, yep. and that really wasn't a problem this weekend at all. No, I mean between the second and third race, we, or between sorry between the first and second race, we went away, got our lunch, came back, and we were back in the same seats. Much to the annoyance of the people behind us. Yes, I know. So they had to give up their seat. They were resting their feet on. Yeah, um, but no, I think apart from that, the racing was. Brilliant this weekend. Uh, I, I need to make a very public apology. I've called Silverstone yes. boring, and it wasn't. It was a really exciting weekend, and it, it's turned the title on its head. Um, and uh, you can't really ask for more as a racing fan. You got three very, very good races. I have to say, the standard of driving across the day in, was poor in some some cases. People got a little bit argy bargy at times. Yeah, they did. They did. We saw in F4 the golden rule completely uh, not respected of don't take out your teammate. Uh, and then he then the I think it was Pierce would then have the set an incident off the start line in the second race crashing into a stalled car as well. So not a great weekend there. We saw a little bit of action in the Ginetta Juniors with cars being given pen- time penalties. I tell you what, the the big Ginettas, there was a really good battle for the top two positions. There was that was it. Um, that that was the only battle in that race, but it was race long and it went down to the final lap on both races. Before we talk about. Uh, the chap we met this weekend, which was a personal highlight. Um, I'm going to bring it down because that's what I always do. Go on. What is the point of cops being a corner? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think thought it was dreadful this weekend. We we've highlighted it as well with the yeah. game we had this weekend of how many drivers are going to run wide and track extend um, at that point, and it got ridiculous. I think everybody went off the track. Yeah. And as I think Jane Edwards put on Twitter, that, that along the lines of, well, if you don't do it, you're losing out because everyone else is doing it and not exactly. getting punished. And yeah. that's the problem. And we saw it in some of the support races that they were being given time penalties. I can only assume it's for cops and violation. I can't think of another corner you could really take track limits at. No, not really. Um, but for some reason, they didn't do it in the touring cars. And, you know, it wasn't just your 
quote lesser experienced drivers or you know Tom Ingram was out. It was everyone. Yeah, Ingram was in the car park at some point. So I mean, well, especially the safety car restarts, you saw maybe the front runners keep it just about within limits, then everyone else behind just trying to gain the advantage and run wide. I have to say, in race one and two, Helen Butcher the most well behaved. I thought mm-hmm. in terms of they did keep on the track nine times out of ten. Yep. But yeah, I think something needs to be done about that because it's not a corner anymore. But there's no challenge to it if you can just run that far wide and stick a gravel chap. Yes and no. I, I think the pressure pads work well at the MSV tracks. Yeah, but, I, sh- but this weekend you can enforce it by eye. Yes, yes, you can. Either enforce it or stick a gravel, gravel chap there. No, or I, a bollard. I, I very much get the fact that it needs to be enforced, but I think it is much easier to enforce it when there are pressure pads and I think they're really easy to just put in and then it's a slam dunk yeah, but Silverstone can't accept an idea that's come from somewhere else Sam it's the home of British motorsport they can't take on other people's ideas but yeah a- apart from that the racing was really good yeah we also managed to meet a young up and coming driver as well which was very nice a fan mm. of the pod which is always good as well uh, Ryan Elliott yeah he, he was a lovely guy um very charismatic and very welcoming um, and he had some interesting things to say about what goes on in and outside of the paddock and how much he has to work. fight, fight, struggle, work to try and get his sponsorships in um, to try and get a race seat which is a, it's amazing how much work goes on behind the scenes that you, we just don't see. I think that was the, the big thing for me uh, was just how much has to work to try and get the sponsorships, try and get what you need, you know, to get into this uh, into this world of tour of touring cars, well, or motor racing generally. You know, his plans are mini racing. Um, yeah. Yeah. He he runs in the slightly lesser Cooper series. He's had a couple of appearances on the touring car package um, this year, um, and he's just striving to gain more sponsorship, gain more funding to be able to push on to that next level and gain more experience um, but in doing that he's having to host people over the weekends and and just like get his name out there a bit more and hopefully listening to us will help that yep so if you are uh, on Instagram whatever go drop him a follow go check on his progress he does a bit of sim racing as well so uh, yeah hopefully it'll be a name for the future but as with all young drivers trying to make their way in the sport and they need your support and profiling really does help that as we found out. Yes, <laughs> very much. In, try and make it in the sport in a different way. So yeah, all the best to him and thanks again for uh, for the chat. And Thank the free water. And the free water. From the sponsors. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice indeed. Right, we have got an action-packed uh, three races to get through and your qualifying report, which isn't as packed. No. Um, do you want to get start with the qualifying? Yeah, let's get straight into qualifying. Qualifying report. Moving into qualifying on Saturday then, and it was a tight affair with the top 26 drivers, all but three of them, uh, covered by just nine tenths of a second. Um, We thought it was going to be a close one. As you've mentioned before, there aren't many corners to lose or make up time at at Silverstone. Um, And it was your man, Rory Butcher, to take pole. A great prediction for me there. Uh, well, <laughs> what a prediction. Not taking pole all year. Not even been a feature in the Wingfoot Award this season. But no. rocked his way to pole like he did last season. It's a track that suits that Corona. It it's goes a, really well here, doesn't so, it? So does Butcher. Butcher's always yeah. gone well here, even back in the um, Honda days. Although, yep. statistically, I might be incorrect. But I think even the Honda days, he went well here. Yeah. I, and don't forget when we were watching here with Tim Harvey, in the days that Butcher was in the MG... 
Harvey would say, "There's, yeah, he's really fast. Expect him to do really well." And he was right. To be fair to Tim, he was right. He was my other consideration for Paul. What Tim Harvey? No, Rory. It. I think we mentioned in the preview pod. Um, my man Tom Ingram came in fourth, um, only just over a tenth off pole, and it was Jake Hill that was thirty-seven thousandths off of pole position, um, lining up alongside Butcher on the front row. How did the other title hopefuls get on in Cook? Not well, I suppose technically in Cook, but more seriously in Turkton and Sutton. So Sutton managed to put his Napa Racing Ford on uh, in seventh, uh, two two places behind his teammate Dan Camish. Turkington would line up in tenth with his rear gunner that seems to be with him at the back end of every season. Stephen Jelly in eleventh, and Cook was in twelfth. Still less than four tenths off the pace. Any big surprises for you in qualifying? Uh, surprises. Collard had a really good showing, but we were kind of expecting that with how well the Toyota went, finishing up sixth. Um, for me, underperforming, Dan Robom. Yep, he's the one that sticks out to me. Down in and 21st. Actually, Aaron Taylor-Smith as well, though all was not lost for um, Taylor-Smith, as we'll find out on the Sunday. But I would say that's slightly out of position in terms of what the Cooper would go on to achieve in the race. Yeah, so he... he Qualified in 23rd, um, Bobby Thompson up in 16th. We know Bobby Thompson has generally had the pace over him this season, um, but we certainly saw a different Aaron Taylor-Smith on the Sunday. Um, There are a couple of incidences during the session. Um, Bobby Thompson had to end his session early, um, set a decent time early on, but wouldn't have the chance to better it. Um, believe the car let him down. And then George Gamble caused a red flag by stopping out on the track. Yeah, it's been a couple of gremlins for the cars this year, but in particular, um, it seems to be a couple of teams that have affected more than others, and they would be in that category. I mean, there seems to be a problem with it. Some kind of gremlin every weekend at the minute. Yeah, it, whether it's on a formation lap or qualifying or um, first lap of the race, those uh, Sicily BMWs seem to struggle <laughs> for some reason. It's strange. But as you say, uh, Roy Butcher would take career pole number five in a fairly uneventful qualifying session. Yeah. Um, you mentioned this before. We need a bit of a shake-up of the qualifying. Um, it very much takes me back to the time in F1 where they go out for a 30-minute session and just see who was fastest. Which seems so alien now. We've had the yeah. q one two three format for however many years yeah very much so um, another driver that qualified quite well this weekend was Ollie Jackson obviously he's taken a win here before he was up in 13th um, in what would be a good start to his weekend right that's qualifying dealt with let's get into race one race one moving into race one on the Sunday then and the sun made a little bit of an appearance uh, which slightly warmed us up it wasn't warm the sun was warm. The sun was warm. The, the breeze was not. And actually, I think race one was the warmest I was all weekend, to yes. be fair. So. Yeah. Well, apart from in the car, obviously. But <laughs> at the circuit, that was the warmest I'd been all weekend. So, mm. yeah, good move by you to move us down the front row of the grandstand into the sun. We were at the final complex, so through Brooklyn's Luffield, Woodcut, etc. Really the only real pinch point of action all weekend, I'd say, mm. given that Cops, as we discussed, isn't really a corner anymore. A couple of nice moves are set up at the hairpin coming down the uh, before you go onto the Wellington Strait, but um, yeah, I think generally a few, a few incidences at Beckett's as well this weekend. It's oh, a shame, quite a lot, yeah. It's a shame you can't get a proper grandstand down there, but obviously it is where the track splits from the international circuit. 
It's the good part of the circuit. Yes. Yeah. Right, so as I said, Butcher was on pole and he would get a well he would get a good start, but before that, Ash Hand, who had qualified fifteenth, had drama on the grid, wasn't able to start the car, so he would need to start from the pit lane after. You were distraught, weren't well, you? He was my Jack Sears elect this weekend. He was so I was very distraught, yeah, because he qualified well and actually we were quite excited, albeit prematurely, because you'd gone for Gamble. Gamble. And Hand, Gamble and Thompson were, as Addison would say, absolutely together on yep. the grid, you know. And we were looking forward to a good Jack Sears weekend. Yeah, didn't happen. No, it didn't. Didn't happen. Only Bobby Thompson <laughs> bothered to turn up. Your domination by him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Hand was pushed off the grid and would have to start from the pit lane. Uh, Morgan and Butcher got the best start off of the line and Morgan moved himself up into second. Uh, and then Ingram would then try and get through on Morgan into the complex. Meanwhile, Sutton had dropped down to ninth, having had a poorer start. Perhaps some contact didn't seem to really hook the car up at all well. He would say on the grid on race two that his race one start was, quote, dog poo. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that basically sums up why he'd fallen back down the grid. Yeah, a couple of times this weekend we saw some poor starts from people and, and some rocket starts from others. Uh, Ingram had got racy with Hill but was unable to find a way through and make it stick. This led to four wide going through Cops. Uh, a, a battle pack as you would say including names of Shedden, Turkington, Jelly was in there as well. I'm Ingram, pretty Hill, sure Morgan, at least three of those four ran wide. Camish, well it was, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then the real sort of incident happened. Ingram got spun, but only sort of sideways, so he was able to recover himself back to sixth. But Turkton got spun and turned around by Cook into the complex, just bunching up, coming into the hairpin part of the final complex. Nowhere to go. Yeah. Freight train has to stop. It, it was a little bit of a weird one, really, because um, Cook was like on the outside of Turkington and managed to nudge his rear quarter. Conspiracy. Cook is Sutton's friend. <laughs> Um, and of course, if you notice the rear quarter on on a rear wheel drive car, it's more than likely going to go round. It was a spectacular spin. It was for a fairly low contact, low yeah, speed yeah. Um, incident. And unfortunately, you know, that's how it goes on the first lap. Sometimes, you know, if you are qualified down in the pack, there is a lot of bunching on the first couple of laps. Yep. There are, I'd say, there's at least seven cars trying to find a bit of tarmac to break on. Inevitably, there is going to be contact, and there are going to be incidents. It's, it's part of motorsport. Yeah, and it, it wasn't the only one that happened at that corner this weekend. No, it wasn't. Turkington tumbled all the way down to 27th. Um, yeah, as I say, he was touched by Cook, but and even Harvey agreed it was just bunching up. No yeah. real blame apportions, and that was seen afterwards in the penalties, which we'll come to later. Although he wasn't particularly happy, Turkington, on social media afterwards, was well, he? Well, you wouldn't be happy, would you? No. You wouldn't be happy, but... I think one, once he looks back at it, you could probably go, yeah, OK, it's a racing incident. You're going to get that on the opening laps. I don't think he'd be so magnanimous, to be fair, having potentially yeah, seen the championship taken off him because of that. Maybe but, not, maybe not. But no, I, I agree. I, I don't think there's any blame portions there. Uh, Jackson would then have a, a bit of a sideways moment, which he caught incredibly well. But it's nice to see him bob, you know, doing a bit of drifting for us. Yeah, I, I was amazed that that Ford could drift that well. Yeah, he did very well indeed. Uh, then sort of the silly-esque stuff started happening further behind. Moffat was spun by Boutel. Uh, following what I can only describe as a squadron running wide at Cops, um, a classic three into one doesn't go into the Brooklyn's hairpin, and around went Moffat. It wasn't the only time we saw three into one in that into um, Brooklyn's. No, and I think do I think Butel is at fault of this one? It, it's it's a strange corner because of how it sets up into Luffield. Mm. Is you could go all the way around the outside, you could dive down the inside and still get to the inside for Luffield. But you have to have other drivers around you that are going to work with you for it. 
We then got the sort of, that's probably the biggest incident of race one, certainly in the amount of cars that are involved, which was lots of bun lots of bunching going into the complex. Boutel hit Crease. Crease then, sorry, Boutel then popped into the side of Osborne, who ended up pincered between Patterson and Boutel. Boutel then slung wide into Patterson. Colin trying to dodge through, managed to hit Boutel in the rear, sending Boutel into a slide, and then Colin damaged his car in the process. I think I've unpicked it. <laughs> I think I've undone the chain reaction. Put it this way, I'm glad you were watching race yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> it took me a couple of times to go back and watch that one to try and get the notes right. I think that's right. At the end of the day, the pincer movement that sort of caught sort of Boutel and Patterson together was, well, it was the pinch point. It, it, and it reminded very much of Dodgems at the fair. Yeah, it's, I don't necessarily think anyone was to blame for this, but I do no, think it's I, poor driving all round, really. Yeah, it's it's a knock-on effect of the first incident, and nowhere's, no one's got anywhere to go. No, Osborne in particular, who say, gets pincers between the two, can do nothing, but then that fires um, Patterson into sort of Turkin's path, who then mm. ends up dodging, trying to dodge and smacking Boutel's rear. Yep. Now, if we're being critical, yes, which I like to be, go on. Was this slightly naive from Colin Turkton or desperate from Turkton to try and get his way through the, this pack quickly? Because you're racing drivers who don't normally race. Yeah. Is there an element of don't try and weave through this, Colin? Take your time a bit more. Or is there a case of I'm 27th? Holy, insert swear words here. Hill's on the podium or heading that way. Ingram is certainly in the top six. I need to get my skates on. Having seen the incident a couple of times, I don't think you've got enough time to react. With with how close the cars were together, you you have to make a snap second decision and go, right, I'm going for that gap that I've just seen. But the same as at Alton Park, when Ashhand managed to get through them all, yeah, yeah. he went for a gap. He got lucky. Yeah, I, I accept that to a degree. Turkton hasn't necessarily got lucky in this respect. But if you're following those three, and you can see they've gone three wide into the into the complex, mm -hmm. do you... I guess you're a racing driver, you risk it, don't you? Yeah, you're always looking for the best outcome. It's just weird that Colin, who is the master of the careful overtake, mm -hmm. the not taking risks, not going to damage the car, I'd rather pass two laps later than not at all. Yes, got involved in something like this. Yes, but he was only down there through a racing incident. So that's what I'm saying. Is he then is he sort of abandoned the usual I don't think so. Just unlucky. I, yeah, I think it is just unlucky in this situation. With the amount of cars that were there, he had to make a decision and it's gone the wrong way for him. He could have quite easily nicked through the gap. Boutel may have been in a slightly different position if he hadn't had another piece of contact or whatever and he would have got through it. He's just got unlucky this time. As the race entered its second half, uh, Hill started to hunt down Butcher. It was really weird. As sort of like 10 laps or so in, the BMW just clicked into yeah. real life. And Butcher seemed to be really, really struggling for some reason. Tyres came alive and Hill found that pace that he showed for practically the whole weekend. And it was almost noticeable lap by lap how much the gap was coming down. We then had an incident that brought out the safety car. A hand and Osborne clash. Now I have to say, hand is to blame in my opinion for this. Yeah. Uh, pulls across Osborne mid corner. Osborne can't just stop or become invisible at that point. You know, you, you've come across the, the, the you know the front quarter of his car. Os Osborne was almost side by side with him before they got to the curb, going into Beckett's, and he's backed out 
as hands come across yeah. and yeah he's got no one else to blame but himself by moving across this fired uh, hand into the the gravel and obviously had to be retrieved under safety car which was music to hills ears uh, although to be fair to Butcher, when the restart came, he did enough to get away. It wasn't yeah. his best safety car restart of the weekend, but he did enough and got yeah. away. I think he went mid-weave, didn't he? he? Tried to get the jump. That was race two. He went mid-weave. Oh, I mean, we saw so many safety cars this weekend. Yeah, that's true. Um, Hill started to look for a way through and kept the pressure on with Morgan cl- uh, close behind. Gamble would then get black and orange flagged. He had uh, a damaged front or split front splitter. Not entirely sure how he he got that, but obviously it was through contact somewhere along the lines, as you yep. expect. Uh, Moffat would then have a puncture and be forced into the pits with a couple of laps to go. Really start, not his start of his poor weekend, poor season, poor season. It's not yeah, been, it's not been a good season. It, and it was a weekend to forget for him, as uh, Rick Parfit would allude to in race three. That infinity has probably reached its beyond. Yes. Do you see what I did there? Yes. It was clumsy, but... Please don't. It was a buzzword. Let's move on. Um, yeah, so Moffat coming to the pits. Turton got back out for what was effectively a glorified test session to make sure the damage had been uh, cured. I have a question for you on this one. Go on. So, at the end of the race, he was non-classified. Yes, he didn't complete enough laps. So, would he have still been able to get a point for fastest lap, do you think? No, because he wasn't classified That's in the That's what results. I thought. Okay. Uh, Sutton and Carriage would trade places on the last lap, as you'd expect. Um, f- thankfully for them, rookie cards sort of dropped back a little bit at this point, which allowed them to swap the places over with Yeah, they, ease. they were just waiting for that gap and left it to the last possible moment coming yeah. into into Brooklyn's. Carriage has really understood the assignment there, hasn't he? he oh, yeah. yeah which you'd expect, but yeah, he's understood the assignment. He could be absolutely crucial at Brands Hatch as well. Yes. Because out of yes. the teammates... <laughs> Out of the teammates, out of you look at Jelly, Hill doesn't have one. Camish and um, Chilton, effectively. Chilton slash Lloyd, Lloyd, depending who's quicker on the weekend. Yeah. Who are you backing to be the most difficult to pass? And it's Camish, isn't it? It's, it's got to be Camish, yeah. and it's probably Camish that you're going to be backing to be up there with them as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Chilton has had a decent weekend this He's time out. Decent second half of the season, to be fair to him. Lloyd had a really good weekend at Croft. Yeah. Dare I say it, that double win at Croft, could it cost Ingram the title? I said said that (laughs) at the time. I said in race two, when Ingram was behind, because race one, Turkson was behind, I said in race two, should he have let Ingram have the win? Apologies to headphone listeners there. (laughs) Vindication. You said, along the lines of, no, you can't do it that early in the season. It's too long to go. You don't know if Ingram will still win the championship hunt come the end of the season. Well, And and you can't, but it's always going to be something that you look back on and go... Should we have done that? If he misses out by the point difference between mm. first and second, yep. I will I'm do a jig, so I'll be disappointed for him. But I'll, <laughs> the vindication will be real, put it that way. Yep. But yeah, I think Carriage is going to be absolutely crucial come Brands Hatch. Um, and just like Neil did for him, the year that Carriage should have won it. Mm. Neil was a very effective teammate that year. Whether you think he was on the right side of the law or not, he was an effective teammate that year. It's a hell of a move at Graham Hill then, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was fine, personally, but yeah. I understand why a lot of Colin fans will think it was not. Yep. And it didn't help it was Matt Neal. No. And also, Camish has got a lot of reputation in the bank that they're probably going, oh, I don't think it was anything, don't think it was sinister. It's Camish, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Rory were across the line, taking his uh, 10th career touring car win. And if you'd like to run through the final order for me. Yeah, so obviously Butcher took the win and took the point for leading a lap. Um, Jake Hill in second, with Morgan completing the podium in third. 
Shedden had a fairly quiet race in fourth from Ingram and Sutton. Uh, obviously, who got ahead of Camish on the final lap. Collard in eighth with Jelly ninth. Chilton in tenth. Bobby Thompson won Jack Sears in eleventh from Dan Lloyd in twelfth. Josh Cook in thirteenth with his teammate Plato in fourteenth. And Aaron Taylor managed to score the final point in fifteenth. Before we go to race two, the penalties from race one. <laughs> Gamble received an official reprimand and had his license endorsed by the addition of two points for an incident involving Ollie Jackson. Didn't see it. I assume that might have been what sent Jackson to a slide, possibly. Or and I assume that's probably where the damage was from Gamble's front split. You'd imagine so. Uh, Dan Cam received an official reprimand that had a license endorsed by two points for an incident involving Ricky Collard. Again, I didn't see that. I'm not sure, but it could have been in the first lap yeah. shenanigans. Again, the, the replays this year have been really poor. Mm. We've not seen. And also, I could. Have, you know, I like to stick an idea in every now and then. Go on then. Just put a camera on board every car. Don't yeah. have a camera car for the weekend. Yeah, just yeah. stick it. All. In Formula One, every car has a has a camera on it. And yep. if you know if Stroll is involved in an instant, you know, twenty five laps behind everybody else, then you can still see it on his camera. So, you know, uh, yeah, let's have it on every car. Let's see these viewpoints. Yeah, you agree? Yeah. Sorry, I was just laughing that you picked out Stroll well, of any driver. <laughs> Latifi doesn't really count anymore, does he? He's going, and he likes the teller. And I don't know if Stroll likes the teller or not. Um. And then finally, Jade Edwards result received a verbal warning for an incident involving Rick Parfit. Uh, again, could be anything. Yeah. Anyway, race two. Race two. Race two. Moving on to the second race of the day then, and could Rory Butcher make it two from two? Well, he had a very good start, which is something that Jake Hill did not. No. He very much bogged down, uh, along with Ingram as well. Um, which allowed Morgan to get up into second for a short amount of time. Um, it seems as if second half of the first lap, Hill is really strong. Even if he's made a bad start, he normally fights back to either where he was or better. Um, early instant, Parfit managed to lock up into Beckett's um, run wide. Yeah, cold tyres, rear wheel drive, yeah, to be yeah, expected. Exactly. Um, and then down into Brooklyn's, it all kicked off. So, Shedden, because of Hill's poor start, him, Morgan, Shedden, all on the same piece of tarmac. Shedden dives down the inside of Hill and Morgan. Good move, to be fair. Was a very good move. However, he forced all three of them wide. I still think it was a fine move, personally. Yeah. No, I think I think the move was fine. He just maybe over-egged it slightly. I honestly had no problem with it whatsoever. It's hard racing. It's Gordon Shedden-style racing. It was safe. Yeah, I have no problem with it personally. No, no, it's a move that you would probably go for. Robust, don't get me wrong, but touring cars isn't just a like. Excuse me, sir. Could I, do you mind if I just pop past you? Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's hard, fast racing. Yeah, it was opportunistic as well. Yeah. Um, Sutton managed to cut back to take third behind Shedden, um, but on the outside of Hill and Morgan coming out of Luffield towards Woodcut, um, which then we saw how average the BMW looked on a drag in a straight line it was yeah and but and um, Hill alluded to that after his race one interview as well that Butcher just had this strength on him on the straights which is interesting because I wouldn't say the Corolla has been particularly strong in a straight line this season no it's running the same engine as the BTC car which is uh, causing a lot of controversy the, the stock engine for the championship which is causing a lot of controversy and in races one, two, three, Turkton would get so far and end up stuck behind a Hyundai for lap after lap, and the Hyundai looks an absolute monster on the straight. It's ridiculous in a straight line. They've built a hell of an engine there. Yeah, 
and it's it seems to work picking up on acceleration and it seems to work very well in a straight line. A couple of times this weekend, Ingram out-dragged the BMW down to turn one. Although, we'll see later on how good the BMW is. I think race three, was it, when Hill just drove past Camish on the straight. Yes. But yes. yes. Um, so, behind those four, Camish was squeezing Ingram along the pit straight, um, but Ingram managed to get through at Cops, uh, while Morgan was trying to get Sutton at the same time, but Sutton did manage to respond into Beckett's and stay ahead of him. Um, Chilton had a optimistic dive shall we say down the inside of Jelly um, into Beckett yeah. forcing him into a half spin uh, which dropped him to 14th and Jelly down to 19th which meant that Jelly was near Turkington so yes. that was good um, <laughs> yeah he was just ahead of Turkington had already made up 7 places in 2 laps Morgan then tried to make another move on Sutton um, but he defended hard and Ingram managed to swoop around the outside Morgan at the same time but then had to settle back in behind. It's I don't really know how he didn't take that place. No, it, it seems to be fairly common for that to happen at Brooklyn's going into Luffield. Yeah. Is that you either go, yeah, I'm going for all of this, and you're on the grass going into Luffield and up someone's inside, which I think Creasy did a lot this weekend. Um, but yeah, he, he settled in behind. I think that was a little bit of championship brain going, okay, I'm not going to get you this lap. There'll be another one. Um, and then by the lap, end of lap three, everything seemed to just take a little calm, settle down. Um, Ingram then makes a late move around the outside of Morgan into Brooklyn's, this time on lap four, and this time it paid off. Yeah, good move. Um, and at the same time, Hill also got past Shedden, although it wasn't caught on any camera, and Tim Harvey hadn't even recognised it had happened no, until got, half a lap later. He got very confused. Yes, he did. Yeah. In his defence, yeah, yeah. Like it, it was confusing. And again, the... Lack of replays was a problem. Yeah, I, I think it must have been just out driving that Honda out of Luffield, yeah. um, which we saw later on in the weekend, as you say. Um, another incident at Luffield. Huff, uh, Huff? 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 That's a name I don't know what I was expecting to hear tonight. <laughs> Hamilton, Butel, and Patterson got together, um, leaving Patterson spun round in the gravel. Hamilton had to take avoiding action. I think it was a tap on the back from Butel. Which was a shame because Hamilton was running pretty well at that point. Yes, yeah, he was. He was in and around sort of like the other Jack Sears drivers that he wanted to be challenging with. Um, and yeah, had to take an excursion. Yeah. which dropped him all the way back to uh, Pity. to the back of the grid. But yeah, as I say, bring, bring the safety car out. Um, and <laughs> I've got in my notes on the safety car restart, every man and his dog ran wide yes. through cops, which we've already mentioned. I think that there was a bit of touching under the safety car as well for, from a couple of the cars. Oh, really? Yeah. Any in particular? Not that I can remember now, oh, okay. but I think <laughs> that Sutton and Ingram might have contact with the car in front possibly I think I saw Morgan some of them got close yeah I think I saw Morgan clip someone as well I don't know and this was the one where Butcher went mid-weave which I thought was a very clever restart and caught him a little bit napping yeah um, so he may well have caught him napping but Hill was certainly strong again on that second half yeah, of the lap yeah, yeah, um, and was was starting to catch back up to uh, the back of him meanwhile Turkington was up to 17th my little Harveyism, just jumping back to Turkington there. Um, and Hill managed to set up a brilliant move on Butcher, cutting back underneath him on the exit of Luffield, which was perfectly timed. It was a really good move. It's weird how much space and 
respect Butcher gives Hill. Not in the sense that you shouldn't, yeah. do, but because Butcher's a very hard racer normally. Yeah. And I think Jake said it after that he just loves racing with Rory Butcher. Always fair, always gives the him. space and stuff like that. Yeah. He, he did say with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know why. It's not a bad thing necessarily, but yeah, Butcher always does seem to give Hill that extra little bit of space. Do you reckon it's off the back of the instant that those two had a knock Hill? Hill? Where uh, Butcher got into the back of him. I think, honestly, if I'm going to speculate, I think it's game recognises game. They're both very similar okay. drivers. They're both like that attacking style. They both want to go for space. They wanna, yep. they, they're not content just to sit and bank the points. And he'll, again, allude to his interviews that he was struggling just to sit back and he wanted to go forward. Yeah. And, you know, I think game recognises game. It's got two similar driving styles. They quite enjoy that, they, which means they can have those hard, fast. And also they know how they're going to be, I guess. So if you're going up against mm. somebody like... Again, I don't, it sounds like I'm bashing him, but Colin, who's that more methodical, you probably know you can put your car in a bit more of a few dangerous positions because you know Colin's not going to not going to risk it, not going to do anything silly. Yeah. Where with Hill, you go actually, we've got a race properly here because he's <laughs> blooming quick and yeah. he's blooming fearless, and vice versa. Yeah. So midway through the race, um, Ollie Jackson just to mention him. He made up seven places and was up to twelfth. Yeah, good, good um, race. Was racing really well and looked competent with the drivers he was with which at times this season he's looked to struggle although he did well at Snetterton he's now done well at Silverstone yep perhaps he's just getting to grip well he shouldn't really just, just be getting to grips that car well but there's been a lot of changes with the new hybrid system yeah. and stuff like and that and we do know the Ford didn't carry weight particularly well no. previously so perhaps that's it perhaps he's just getting to used to the new systems so right down towards the back, Hamilton was uh, involved in another incident with Powell. Uh, came together at Brooklands. He just didn't seem to stop. <laughs> didn't look great. He was also involved in something else where you get a verbal warning uh, for an incident of Rick Parfit, but I don't think that was actually captured on any, any of the cameras. Or no. Um, Morgan was having another battle with Ingram. Uh, managed to drive around the outside of him, coming out of Luffield after a failed move after Ingram's failed move on Sutton. Um, and then, as I said earlier, Ingram managed to still out-drag him down to Cops. Despite him pretty much being past, Morgan being past him, it's amazing how much difference there is uh, with that Hyundai engine. Um, following that, Card abandoned his Toyota at Cops um, in, in the gravel, uh, following a fuel rail fire, the same as which happened to Camish on the opening weekend Fractured. at... Yeah, um, pipe. Donington. Pipe. Yeah, but luckily he managed to, although slightly to his detriment, go back to the car, turn the electrics off, and um, turn obviously the fuel pump off, so it wasn't still pumping out, which unfortunately Camish wasn't able to do with his, no. which is why Collard was then able to get out for race I'm three. I'm still amazed he got out for race three. I, I think they turned it off soon enough. They had the bits that they needed to replace, and M Sport have got to do a little bit of investigation into that because that's twice this season. Mm, I agree. It was also slightly. And quite funny, Benny Hill-esque, the way he sort of popped his finger in there and went, no, no, I need to go back and sort of, sort of wade across the gravel, which is not easy to walk through. No. And, yeah, go back and turn it off. But, yeah, obviously, thankfully, he was uninjured. And a shame, because he'd, he'd raced well in race one. Mm. The car was looking good in race two. Competitive inside the top ten. And he had said that he smelt fuel for a couple of laps, but having spoken to his engineer of the... Just thought, the, the, like, oh, let's go for it. Let's see if we can get it home. Yeah. And, unfortunately, couldn't do Consequently, safety car was deployed once again. Uh, took a couple of laps to uh, get that cleared. Obviously, they had to put the fire out first and then lift it out of the way. Um, Hill went very early on this restart uh, and managed to get a good jump on Butcher. Uh, with four laps left of the race, Turkington 
um, attacked Lloyd into Beckett's, uh, but lost out to him at Brooklands. Um, but then would go on to get him once again on the final lap into Brooklands um, to get him just up to 13th, which it, it wasn't enough, really. Take the smirk off your face. <laughs> I'm smiling because there was an interview with him where he said, if you get into 12th, you'll get the reverse grid. And I thought, yeah, you know how it works. I was half expecting somebody to be disqualified and number 12 come out, so he would have got the pole. But uh, no, obviously finished outside the top 12. It was a pretty good effort for him to get in there. Mm. I have to say, again, I was surprised that Harvey said he couldn't see him getting into the top 10 yeah. coming into the race, which I thought was quite a surprise given that you know you never write Turkton off. But I think the car isn't quite where it needs to be in the cooler conditions, although Hill makes a mockery of any problems the BMW has, which is mm. to his credit, because come rain, come cold, Hill just makes a mockery out of it. Yeah, it's beginning to be uh, a little bit of a thorn in uh, Turkington's side, really, where he's able to excel in situations where we thought the BMW might struggle. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think Ingram alluded to it in one of his um, grid, interview, grid interviews that we're into the part of the season now where the BMW's advantage falls away because of the cold. But yeah, yeah Hill seems to be able to drive around that problem. Um, so, reverse grid draw that would happen after the race would draw Josh Cook out on pole position, uh, which means that eight drivers would get switched around. Absolutely. Right, the final order for race two then was uh, Jake Hill from Butcher from Shedden, Ash Sutton, oh, actually, did you know, by the way, Sutton and, sorry, Shedden and Butcher are brothers-in-law. Oh my God, how many times was that mentioned this weekend? Did you know? Oh, I... I want I want to go for it again next weekend on one of our predictions. Well, I can't. No, because I used it at Not Kill. You did. It came up. Yes. Unsurprisingly. Are you finished? No. Um, Sutton was four from Ingram from Morgan. Then Camish Cook, Bobby Thompson, and Aaron Taylor Smith made up the top ten, uh, with Ollie Jackson, Tom Chilton, Colin Turkington, Stephen Jelly, and Dan Lloyd in the points-paying positions. As you said, Cook was pulled out by our overseer and Lord, Lord Gal, uh, to take over the pole position for num- race number three. Um, he's had a good championship again, Gal. Whatever you want to say about the hybrid system, we're going to finals day. Whatever you want to say about some of the team problems we've had, it's going to the last race again. And it's the closest finals day I can remember for a long time. Where, where I know we've had, you know, technically speaking, five, six, I think even on one, seven drivers that could win it, technically, mm. mathematically speaking. But we actually have got Three separated now by I can't remember, four point, seven, seven points. Seven points. And then Turkton, who isn't far behind. No, he's what, he's 20, 27 points behind. He's um, not out of it. No. Not by a long shot. So, True. fair play. You, we, we are slightly harsh sometimes on on the, well, particularly me, on the series and, and on some of the problems it's got. But, to be fair to Gal, he has overseen another competitive season, so well done to him. Let's get into race three. Race three. So as we said, Josh Cook lined up on pole, hoping to turn around what has been a fairly turgid season. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, not his best. No, flashes of brilliance, sprinkled with uh, quite a lot of mediocrity. Limitations with the car. Yes, and it only likes Thruxton and maybe Brands. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just find out how it goes with Brands in a few weeks' time. Uh, Moffat's drive shaft fell out on the way to the grid, so we had a delayed start and a second green flag lap. Even his drive shaft's getting sick of the car. Yeah, I would be astonished if we see the Infinity next season. <laughs> it's been so, so poor. 
What do you think will happen? Do you reckon that they'll run Coopers at Lays at all? Do you reckon they'll go complete? I think they've already split to a degree. I've seen some comments suggesting that these were built out of the workshop back in Scotland and they're not as close as they were last season to hard. I've not seen that officially confirmed. Do you think they'll just go their separate ways completely if they haven't already and just, I don't know, build a Cooper, build a... I think it's a really difficult position that Laser Tools are in. Obviously, they had that Mercedes for way longer than we thought should have been possible. Um, and this Infinity doesn't seem to have developed at all over the season. Um, yes, it had a mega season last time out with Ash Sutton at the helm and stuff like that. Moffat had a good season last year as well. It's, it's easy to overlook that. Moffat took a couple of race wins along the way. I think he took a pole as well last season. I certainly don't think that the car has adapted well to having the hybrid system put in with it. Um, and I, I don't know whether they're at the stage whether an, a second-hand new-to-them car would be the right option or whether they fully invest and go all in and go, right, what car do we want? We need to get it. But at the same time, if they're not set themselves up to fail anyway, given the fact that Moffat didn't really get the Infinity singing in the half season he had it before Sutton came on board. Sutton came on board, we all went, you are mad, mate. What are you doing? Mm. What are, what, are you, what is this? And obviously, and bought... at the end of the season, we went, what a masterstroke. He loves a rear-wheel drive. Yeah, but obviously Sutton is generational mm. in many respects. And this season, they've got Rick Parfit in his second season. Yep, you've got a kid in Patterson who I think has done pretty well being considered, but he's not going to be the driver that brings the team forward. The greatest respect he's not going to be. I've book. heard there's a racer in there though. There is, and then Moffat, who, as I say, didn't get the didn't get it particularly singing before. Had a great season with Ash on board, but BMR were there. Well, also you've got the you've got the um, the driver in Ash to lean on, haven't you, for tips, yes. for learning, yeah, yeah. etc. So were they not always set up to fail a little bit in, in this season? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they develop over the winter, whether they make big moves at the start or whether they keep everything in a hush-hush. Maybe they're already working on something in the background. Um, it's, Who knows? Yeah, it, it's really tough to call. Um, it's, it's a funny team set up there. I think we will see a car change. But Lord knows to what. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so as I say, we've got a second green flag lap. And then when the race did begin, Cook had a very slow start. And I think rather childishly, I'll use the word childishly, put Camish in, or tried to put Camish in the pit wall. <laughs> it was stupid. Yeah. Uh, he, he had such a bad start that he's tried to move over to cover losing that position. And then he's ended up swerving back across the track. And, and taking out Morgan. Taking Morgan out, pretty much. Yeah, Morgan ended up in a half spin, um, which due to Cook. Uh, and through came Sutton, Butcher and Ingram, who said, thank you very much. Ingram, who probably thought, I'll take a podium here if I can. And suddenly the race win was in his hands. Yeah, I mean, I think they mentioned it, mentioned it afterwards that the tides parted. Yeah. Um, when Morgan locked up into the back of Cook into Beckett's. Um and yeah, him and Sutton were just like, <laughs> well, this is nice. <laughs> yeah. Just power the way through. Uh, Shedden was then, would then get himself sideways in the pack at Brooklands and was very, very lucky not to collect Hill in this. I don't. Paul O'Neill mentioned it afterwards, and I reckon he might have been right. Was that the moment? That Was that the moment of luck Hill needs to win the Sorry, championship? You just agreed with something that Paul O'Neill said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. No, no, I think it is... Uh, is that the moment? It's a big stroke of luck. 
because he could have ended up anywhere with yeah. shedding into the side of him sideways, almost fully out of control. Um, but yeah, he almost nudged him, nudged him back straight. And it's fair to say that Hill got pushed around in those opening laps of that race. He did. Morgan was involved as well because he was everywhere in the opening couple of laps. Uh, but further back, Parfit, Powell and Edwards all come together. We didn't see a proper replay, only on board of Parfit, but it seemed Powell smacked into the back of Parfit at some pace, which then turned Edwards around. <laughs> yeah, so the replay camera was from Parfit's car. It was, yeah. And all you saw was him get nudged into the back of Jade, and then Powell come backwards past him. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, okay. Again, not a great look for the drivers no. involved. Um, yeah. Not at all. First lap shenanigans, I think Parfit would mention on the radio later on. Uh, Morgan was then back in the wars, being forced worldwide by Jackson. Uh, and they would have further contact, which allowed Aaron Taylor Smith to join the party. I'd say had a great weekend this weekend, Aaron Taylor Smith. So, in all this like kerfuffle, Chilton had managed to get ahead of this lot. I don't know how. Um, and then everyone else was fighting for seventh. Yeah, yeah. We then had a full lap of Cambridge and Cook going side by side, which was quite nice racing by the mm. pair involved. Was no silly business. Nope was nice to see and then Hand and Collard would both end up uh, having to retire due to contact Morgan again involved uh, Morgan had spun or been spun it was not particularly clear who had done what so having re-watched this back tonight I saw that Jelly was down the inside of him Right. Um, I think Jelly might have got into him he got into Turkington but because he was the meat in the sandwich he ended up going round um, and consequently Hand and Collard had nowhere to go. Ends up hitting each other. And collected each other, yeah. Had a nice little chat afterwards and a fist bump. I don't think they were across at each other. There's a couple of fist bumps in there. I think it was. I don't think it was fun. So I don't think Hand quite realised what had happened because he charged over to Collard's car first of all. I would say charged. Um, and I think he was quite irate. But then I think when Collard like explained it to him, he was like, "Oh, okay." They must have both seen Morgan facing the wrong way. Well. Depends. One of them might have been unsighted. True, there was a fist bump in there. Yeah. So I think it was all fine in the end. But yep. Not a great weekend for either of those two, unfortunately. And Morgan would then have to retire with the damage. So not a great. Um, not a great end to the weekend, no. And of course, as those two cars were stranded, the safety car was bought out for a couple of laps, really earning his money this weekend. Um, and the restart was nicely controlled by Ingram. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's not the greatest skill to have in your arsenal, but be able to restart a race well can help. I, I don't think Sutton was probably looking to push too much. I think Sutton was quite happy to sit behind Ingram, see what how the race plays out, whether he's got that pace over him. I don't think he's going to go for it all on a restart of a safety car at this point in the season. I am astonished that Sutton is in this championship hunt because I, I don't rate that car at all. I really don't rate the Ford. It's consistency. But it's not consistency at the sharp end. It's top eight material, yes. But it's top eight every race, pretty much. Uh, yeah, but you say there that Sutton was you know, binding sides of the job. I, I don't think he had the car beneath him to, to win anyway. Possible, possible. And I think that when we come to predict what happens, I have a theory to why Sutton won't win the championship. Okay. Going early on that. We'll Going see. Going early on that. Um, we only got another lap and a, well, half a lap of racing because Nick Hamilton decided that his race weekend was over. He'd come to a stop on Cops, so the safety car was called out for round number two. Once the car was removed, again, Ingram controlled the restart, and Ash couldn't quite get close enough to launch an attack on uh, Tom's Hyundai. 
Hill was fighting his way through the field of a series of nice moves, which are all very clean and all very calculated. A really good weekend by Hill, showing that perhaps that rough, rough and ready racer is a, a more a thing of the past, more calculated, more moves that were, you know, the risk was lessened for the reward he was getting. It may be just that point in his racing career that he's just as you say like curving off those sharp edges and and being more calculated um but he's still got that punch and that that drive to make a move when others might not um he'll then get past camish just by sheer speed on the straight in his rocket ship the napa garage wasn't very happy about this at all they seem to be pointing and gasping and just looking rather angry that he loves to drive around camish on the straight but we know yeah. that bmw's a strong engine Yep, it, it's it is one of its power points. It's not an unbeatable engine, as we've seen and we've already discussed. And again, I don't rate the Ford that highly. And I think that I think the Ford has a problem. It doesn't have a lot of straight line speed. It carries its speed well in the corners, and I think, to be honest, it's flattered to deceive quite a lot this season. At times, yes, at times. But I have just had a look at Sutton's finishes. And apart from his two non-scores, uh, every single race has been inside the top nine. I would say, I would say, <laughs> you give Sutton any car on this grid, and he'll yeah. still be there. He's yeah, quite good. possibly. You look at Carriage results in comparison. Yeah, yeah. I know there's some bad luck that's gone that way as well. But how many times have we said that when Carriage has had a bad race for one, that car's not good enough to fight through the field? Oh yeah, yeah, Sutton, definitely. Sutton's not had to do that yet because he's not no. had a bad race, so he's had to do that. No. Um, I don't want it to happen, but it'd be very interested to see at Brands Hatch if he ends up starting at the back of the grid for race two or something due to a problem. How well can he come through the field? Yeah, very much so. I just don't think that car, I think it's flat to deceive. I say, I think you give Astra any car on the grid, including the Astra, and he'd still make a bloody good go over the championship in it. Maybe we should just make him do that. Makes, oh, makes it exciting. Oh, I'd love him to set a fast lap in every car. <laughs> it's never going to happen, but I'd no. love it for him to set a fast lap in every car. Yeah. And I also think if he was driving a BMW or Hyundai, the championship would be over by now. Yes. Yes. You agree? Yeah. I, I just think he's that good. I think actually him in the Ford is quite a good level this season because last season was not boring, but the championship was done but going into brands. Hmm. Really, realistically speaking. I, I know it technically wasn't, but it was. Do you think he's almost moved teams for that challenge? I think that's probably part of it in, in deep down is he's done, done right I've done it in two real drive cars let's do it in a front wheel drive car yep and he loves a challenge yeah he does but I do think it's quite a good leveller um, that was Beskit for race three Ingram ensured he's the win kept him in the championship hunt Hill did very well recovering to well not recovering but battling through to fourth Sutton in second the big loser was Colin Turton who could only get his way up to 12th which meant he scored seven points this weekend Yep, so as you say, Ingram took home the win. He also took home the only point for leading a lap. Um, Ash Sutton in third, with Rory Butcher taking his third podium of the weekend. As you say, Hill fought back to fourth and also, importantly, got fastest lap, which gained him an extra point. Dan Kamish in fifth, managed to finally get ahead of Josh Cook in sixth. Tom Chilton had a quietly good race three, finishing seventh. Other than his two-wheel launching moment. Yeah, yeah, that was spectacular. Um... With Gordon Shedden in 8th, Ollie Jackson another solid ninth. Uh, with Aaron Taylor-Smith in 10th, followed by Dan Lloyd 11th, Turkerton 12th, Jelly 13th, Bobby Thompson in 14th, winning Jack Sears for that race and the weekend with a clean sweep. And Jason Plato, who 
was and there. Gone unnoticed almost all weekend. Managed to pick up another point in 15th. Woo. <laughs> he needs to celebrate each point he's got. It's a, I do feel for him because it's a crappy send-off. He's only got three, three races left. It's a crappy send-off. I do feel for him because he is a legend of the sport. Like him or loathe him. It's sad to see him bow out with, oh, with a whimper. I can't put it any other way. It's a whimper. Mm. We've had one podium out of him this season. Yep. He's not even looked close. No. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. Right, let's get on to our... Grades. Grades. Predictions. The the most important things that we have to cover. I, I'm very much looking forward to the, to the prediction upgrade. Update, yes, yeah. I thought you might be. So then, mate, who is top of the class this week? I'll tell you who's not top of the class. It's Colin Turkington, who's got his lowest mark of the season with a D. Now, in fairness to him, I will say that some of the stuff that came his way wasn't his fault. Race three, he didn't have hybrid, although I don't think it would have made that much of a difference, but that's what he's going with, so that's fine. Uh, obviously, race one, yeah, not really his fault. Certainly the first instant, we've discussed with the second instant, he could have done better, but yep. yeah. So it's a D for Colin. It uh, was his, his bad weekend, which... We- kind of expect each one to have yeah the only one who's not had one yet is Sutton uh, Jelly gets a C a fairly consistent performance from him good decent qualifying decent race one caught up in a few instances as Jelly invariably is although I don't think he was particularly to blame and I think he's had a pretty strong season actually I think without wanting to dig the knife in I think he might have turned some opinions particularly perhaps to the man sat to my right he, he has always looked comfortable when he's been at WSR I think the couple of seasons he had away at Team Parker racing is when he's had more issues, and I think that's because mainly he was running on his own. Fair enough. Top of the WSR class was clearly Jake Hill, who I'm going A-star for. I know you want to leave him an A, but qualified third, second, second on the grid. Yep. Two podiums, Yep. including a race win, and a fourth, and fourth. driving a BMW that should not work in those conditions. Yeah. I, I think that... I think it's ominous for his title rivals how quick he's getting that car to be. He has had a very good weekend this weekend. I don't think it quite reaches his levels of where he was at at Knock Hill oh, when he was dominant. I think I think the fact that he's had Butcher there alongside him this weekend to run him Can I just level. say, though, if it was reversed and this was still so at Knock Hill, I think he'd have gone harder in race one for that win. I think the only Possibly. reason he didn't go hard in race one was because he's quite happy knowing Collins yeah, yeah. that far down. I think he's happy to take second. Okay. And home race coming up at Brands Hatch. Mm-hmm. The more I think about it, well, mm-hmm. we'll leave it there. We'll come to the preview in a few weeks' time. Uh, Sutton gets a B, one podium. Uh, as I say, he's getting more out of that car, and I think it's worth decent weekend. Uh, unspectacular. Didn't really make a Sutton-esque move at any points. Didn't need to. Didn't need to. Allowed, allowed the piece to fall as they did. Uh, Cambridge also gets a B, decent weekend for him result-wise as well. Yeah, I, I'm thinking he's looking a lot more comfortable in the car, and as you say, he's going to be pivotal going into that final weekend at Brands. D is for disappointment, and that's the 50 in a row now for Sam Osborne. I think it's really magnified when you get your teammate... Um, OK, you can perhaps discount Cambridge and Sutton to a degree, because they're in a different, the slightly differently run team, and let's face it, are better drivers. But when Ollie Jackson, who is your benchmark... Mm-hmm. He's completely outshining you like he did this weekend. And yeah. you can't even really point to bad luck for Osborne. Just no, it, it just shows how much pace there is in the car uh, with what Jackson has been able to do this weekend. 
Talking of Jackson, also gets a B for his performance. Um, one of his better performances this season, and yeah, raced pretty well all weekend. Uh, Adam Morgan, slightly harsh perhaps, gets a C, but you know we don't talk about him a lot, and I have to say, quite a... dirty is the wrong word. He was aggressive this he weekend. He contact, doesn't he? Yeah, he he's almost like that middle ground between the change in generations. Uh, he's been there a long time, don't forget. Yeah. And he he's cut his nose with the best of them, probably. Cut his cloth. Not <laughs> that cut one. his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had a fight. Cut his cloth with the best of them. And he, he's learnt some of those tricks and of the trade and he's used them a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, Gamble gets a D... Bad luck, didn't qualify particularly well, caught up in a few incidents, had to retire from race one. Dare I say the season is fizzling out a little bit for Gamble at the minute? A little bit. There's some up and down performances that we've seen from him this season and uh, I think he needs to finish on a high. A tale of two cars at uh, Halfords with Cataclean Racing. Shevin gets a B, a podium, I thought the best performing Honda of the weekend. and got ev- far. And got every sort of inch out of that car conversely Robot with a D three eighteenths. I didn't know he was here very poor weekend I don't understand where the pace has gone because last season at some rounds he was pushing Shedden for race wins and Mm. stuff like that he made Shedden the quarter at times last year at Alton Park he was on fire last year Um, not literally but thank you yeah Um, but yeah it's just yeah tailing off uh, Dan Lloyd, C for consistent, three points scored, oh sorry, three points finishes rather. Didn't, not, I don't know what's happened to him either, he's not quite at the sharp end is he at the minute? He was there and thereabouts with Chilton this weekend, certainly seemed to be involved with Turkington and Jelly quite a lot as yeah, well. Yeah, just not quite at the sharp end at the moment. Uh, Ingram gets an A for a win and a pointsy weekend. I'm interested to see whether his pointsy approach changes slightly come brands. Pointsy with a pot this weekend, wasn't it? Pot. Pot. (laughs) Trophy. Uh, He said to Louise he wanted a pot before before the start of race three. And that's exactly what he got. I see. Bless him. They have to sort of elongate the um, interviews. When Louise says, I've got one minute, I'm going to talk to Inga. I think, you're being brave, love. You're not (laughs) going to get out of there in one minute. (laughs) Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, Chilton gets a B. Yeah, he's turned his season round, Chilton. From what was a particularly poor start and quite a laughable start, I'll be fair. Yeah. He's turned turned it round and looked good this weekend. He gets a B. And Butel, not quite as good in the Jack Sears, involved in quite a few incidents, but managed to do what you basically expect of him, so it's a C for him. Crease gets a C. Again, incidents are plenty, but struggled a little bit with the pace of the car. It's where we expected the car to be this weekend. For me, anyway. It's where, no, where I, expected I expected the better. car to be. I expected better. And to be fair, Hand could have done better when he qualified 15, but obviously doesn't start race one. It's a D for him because he was you know, he ended his own race mm. in race one for me. Okay, he battled back well in race two, and then race three is a passenger in many respects. Cook, Plato and Edwards all get Cs. The car's not good enough in terms of the engine power. I know there's defenders of its chassis, and I think Cook, Edwards and have all said how good it is to handle but it don't mean a ting if you ain't got that power swing and it's just not moving forward uh, Thompson uh, gets a B Jack Sears all but sewn up for me yeah same um, three points scored 
three points finishes again this weekend. Tennis Smith also gets a B with two top tens. Really good, strong performance by him. It's best weekend of the season for me. Yeah, um, and was on pace with Thompson all weekend. I would agree with you there. Uh, Nick Hamilton, it's an E. He's unlucky in race two that he's running well, and was it race two or race one? Race two. Race two. He's running well and you know gets caught up in somebody else's incident, which which ruins his race a little bit. But again, caught up in too many incidents that he's involved in. He's been penalised as well for a couple of them. Yeah. After the race, it's just car didn't let him finish race three. It's just like and at a track where that car looked to be its strongest. Yes. Of the season so far. What could have been? Should have made the most of it. Uh, Moffat gets a D, as does Patterson. Both of them had good recovery drives from mm. the back of the grid. Both of them were let down by their car or by other people's driving standards. So yep. I think that's fair to leave there. Uh, Parfit also in the D category. Raced pretty well at times, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to take Parfit because he's not had the car to show what he can do. I think we we talked to Ryan about him at the weekend, and he mentioned that he is still uh, he sees himself as an amateur driver racing against professionals, and he's always trying to beat whoever's closest mm. to him. It's a good attitude um, to have, and he said that in, in as many words in his interviews he does. Yeah. yeah, he's very open and honest about that. I just want to see him put in a, a decent machinery to see what he's actually got because his CV is good. Yep. You know, it's not like we've just taken... Good, good background in GT racing. Yeah, exactly. So I'd, I'd quite like to see him put in a car that that, that could compete. And you do wonder, would, would a top team take a punt on him, given his marketability, marketability and his um, persona and the fact he's pretty well liked by, by everyone? A team like BTC, you're thinking? Well, you look at how many... How, when you go to one of these events, not Silverstone because nobody was there, but generally speaking, how many rock and race shirts are there or hats are oh, there? Loads. Yeah, there's loads. There yeah. are loads. He's got you a, can't miss them, to be fair. <laughs> he's got a really good following, uh, you know, a really good following, a lot of fan base. And yeah, if you're a BTC or a Team Hard who's looking to run a Cupra, mm-hmm. do you think, do you know what? He sells. Yep. don't know. Been, uh, hopefully, hopefully you get a slightly better machine for next year. Or if you accelerate. Yeah. You know, yep. Uh, Butcher gets an A star, slaps it on pole, treble podium. He likes it here. The crow likes it here. He's had a decent season in it. Um, I, I yeah. think if it, if it weren't for Hill in race two, he'd have walked away with race two as well. Yes, agreed with you there. Connor gets a B based on qualifying and race one. You can't blame him for a hose catching fire. You can't really blame him for getting collected. So it's a B on what we saw. Powell a D. Uh, Stunned if he's here next year. Yep. Just Same. Not, just not improving, is he? It's not at the level that's needed. No, agreed. For me. So that rolls out our grades. If we go on to our um, awards for the weekend, Sam, your driver of the day. Uh, for me, it has to be Butcher. Uh, treble podium, took pole, as I just said, could have easily won race two if it weren't for the pace of Jake Hill. I would agree, Butcher's up there. I've gone for Hill based on. He was a bit more exciting given race his exploits in race three going through the field. That's not really Butcher's fault. That he didn't mm. have as many overtakes to do. Yep. I've only really gone for it, so it's a bit different. Yep. Both could win it, and I wouldn't argue either way. No, don't don't blame you on that one. Uh, my villain of the day, unfortunately, it goes to Colin Turkington. Not him necessarily per se, but his day was the villainous day. I don't think he does an awful lot wrong, to be fair to him, but... It's the second time he's come to Silverstone and it's gone wrong. Yeah. 
He must be cursing having to come to this place <laughs> as a round of the season. Maybe that's why we're not getting two rounds at Silverstone. <laughs> sorry, sorry, conspiracy hat was on. Wow, I'll just take the tin forward off you there. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a bad weekend. Mm. It's best to get it out of the way at the start of the season. Yep. It's so costly to have it this late in the season. It is. I don't think he's out of it because touring cards is a fickle and unpredictable sport. Some say. But. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin does benefit from a lot of luck at times. He's just been unlucky this weekend. So. Really? Don't rule him out. But yeah, it's not the greatest t- day to have your championship title. Um, charge unravel so my villain uh, for the weekend is the, the laser tools car the the infinity and laser tools group almost their their luck is down the pan really um, and any sort of racing that they do well seems to be interrupted by a car issue or getting caught up in an incident and it all sort of came to a head this weekend where both Moffitt had bad luck, got caught up instance. Patterson had bad luck, got caught up in instance. But there are still signs there that they can race well in that car. And I think it is now the car that's letting them down. Jeez. What? Just keep talking a second. Okay. What are you looking at? Moffitt's... That's nine on the bounce, Moffitt's not scored him. Yeah. And he had a second wow. at Alton Park this season. And I think the the car is really showing them up now. I didn't realise it was not on the bounce. Yeah. Whereas wow. Patterson managed to race back to 17th in that final race and, and had a good race. Mm-hmm. Moffitt raced back to 16th in the second race. So there is there are signs there that the car, when working, when you have the luck, will get them there. But it's not often enough. I me. feel really sorry for Patterson. He's only on three points. For me, he's worth more than that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's a pity for him. Yeah, that is a pity for him. Who is your surprise good of the weekend? It's like Jackson. He's not had the greatest of seasons. Um, you look at the results here, there's a lot of purple and pink and compared to the green. Um, he's actually scored points uh, for the you know, in two races of the season for only the second time? Third time. Uh, so yeah, I can't look at the... And talk. <laughs> uh, no, it's third time of the season uh, he's scored points. 11th from the ninth. It's actually his joint best finish of the season in ninth. Takes to 33 points overall, which is only five behind Aaron Taylor Smith, and I think he's down on points for what he's been worth this season as well, personally. But yeah. there we go. Yeah, Ollie Jackson had a good weekend. Start, yeah, it's disappointing that he's, he's not built on what, was, what he'd had the last couple of seasons, but yeah, I wasn't expecting him to do so well this weekend. No, mine was Bobby Thompson. Um, had done quietly really well all weekend. Kept himself for the majority out of trouble. Got caught up in a couple of sort of like battle groups, but always managed to sort of like pull himself through. Um, and as you say, Aaron Taylor Smith managed to drag himself through within that group as well. Um, but to be so dominant in the Jack Sears coming into the final rounds of the week of the season. Um, as you say, I think it is almost out of touch now for the rest of the drivers trying to catch him. My surprise bad of the weekend goes to Sam Osborne. He's only scored one point all season mm. in that car. I haven't realised it was that bad. Yeah. Yeah, not good at all. And in a weekend where the other three went pretty well, 
he didn't even look close to do it going well. 20th, 23rd, 21st. You can't even say he's knocking on the door of the points. If he's 18th, 17th, 16th, if you go actually, that's not bad. He's in and around the points. He's nowhere yeah. near. No. And let's not forget that in these races, we had multiple retirements in each race. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should should be doing a lot better considering what the, the car has done as well. And your surprise bad? My surprise bad is Robo. Um, this is the first weekend this season that he hasn't scored any points at all. Um, by far and the worst, far and away his worst weekend, and he was just nowhere really. Well, he's firmly cemented to 18th. Yeah, yeah, 18th in every single race, not really battling with anyone. I remember when Turkington went past him, he didn't even put up a fight, um, and I would have thought, okay, maybe that's a driver that he can have a, a good battle with. Sometimes that we've seen earlier in the seasons, he's done that. But the car just seems to be nowhere for him at the moment. Agreed. Agreed with you on that one. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great weekend for him. So let's revisit then our predictions and the bingo before we lead you off on your merry way. Uh, I got one on the bingo, which was tactical deployment of the hybrid, which came in race one. Uh, I didn't get Turkerton cut away to mention ten times or more. Um, God. <laughs> I didn't get that Sutton's driving style either. You lucked out on this one because you meant it, thinking about the championship battle. You meant that as one of the top drivers to go for it. Yeah. Not Dan Lloyd or whoever it was. He no, not, not necessarily. It, but hey, he said it. You Those win the words point. came out. You win the point. They came out verbatim, so I can't <laughs> not have it. So well done to you. You didn't get about Cook's lunge last season. You didn't get nothing to lose, and you've used that now, which is a shame because you could have possibly used I know. that next weekend. I'm also quite gutted that I used the, the brothers-in-law back in Knock Hill. Cause I was gonna... Yeah, I know, but I was... I could probably use that the coming weekend as well. Uh, which means that going to the final weekend, I lead 11-9. That's all to play for. because you I need a clean sweep. You have had a clean sweep already this season. Though. I know. So it's, you've all, it's all to play for. That's not over yet. One I think might be over, without getting too ahead of myself, is the general prediction one. So, I had Butcher for Pole, which is a point. Yeah. Great, great piece of punditry by me there. Uh, I mean... Not a pole all season, but here comes Russell to pluck him out. The thing is, I didn't want to go for the same as you, and I thought, I'm not going to make up any points, even if we do get it right. But But I should have done. You you wouldn't have lost any? Yeah. Uh, You went for Ingram, which was wrong, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Race winners, I only got one. I went for Sutton, Cook, and Ingram. You went for Ingram, Butcher, and Hills. You actually got all three winners, so fair play to you. (laughs) We don't give bonus points for that, though. We haven't done all season. You can write a suggestion for next year. That's fine, but you're not having it this year. I am the first one to get all three race wins across a, a weekend, though. You are, although at Snetterton... You I, were very close. I had one... Sorry, I had five out of my six predictions yes. coming, which I yeah. think might be what wins me the season. Yeah. Uh, okay, in terms of the Jaxes, we're both wrong. I went for Hand, you went for Gamble. And actually, to be fair, have we had a decent race between all three of them? As the grid position showed and you came out on top, I'd have gone fair play. That was actually quite fun. Yep. In the end, it was a bit boring, the fact that neither of them did particularly well this weekend. Yeah. It's a shame. And then my overall was a Turk and Trouble podium. Now, I think I should have half a point because there was a Trouble podium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I should have gone more vague. I should have gone more vague. And you had all four contenders to score in all races, which... Yeah. Turk to let me down just in that race one. And it was all over by that point. 
We also had the game because you didn't want to do the Silverstone tax. And just for the record, um, a beer was more than £5. You're an idiot. Obviously, it was more than £5. And you owe me two pints of spoons because I didn't have one at the track. Yeah. So I've, we've got witnesses. There's somebody listening on the recording this this after, this evening. I'll ask her to note that down in the minutes that you owe me two beers. Yes. Because you were wrong. Excellent stuff. Um, you're also wrong about the number because... Basically, after lap one, we lap, gave up counting. I gave up after lap four because yeah. it had already passed my number. <laughs> you went for 14? Yeah. I mean, did you mean 14 all at once? Or? No, I was thinking maybe 14 different drivers, but it's so difficult to calculate. No, I was on about how many in total, and I should have been more, probably closer to 50. Yeah, over 17 as an arbitrary number pick, and as such, one by default, so that's an extra point for me. <laughs> And we all we all got the clean Funnily suit enough. drivers with everybody ran wide. So I had Sutton Butcher and Morgan. You had Hillshed and Moffat. As far as we're concerned, they all ran wide at Cobbs at least once. Yep. So as it stands going into finals day, you are six points behind. And there will only be, you'd have thought, a maximum of ten points available. Depends what game yeah. you play. Yeah, it does depend on what game we play. It's more likely there will only be nine points available. Let's go for a bonanza game on the final final weekend. Yeah, so there's going to be a minimum of nine points available as we don't do the game. No, no, no we, we have to do a game. We've done a game right. every weekend. Okay, all right, calm. can still win this. All right, precious. So, yeah, I'm six ahead with ten left on, nine to ten left on the board. Yep. If you if you turn it round, I will be gutted, of course, but it will be a Herculean effort. A hell of an effort. It will be Turkington coming back to win the championship from 27 points behind. And, of course, I can tactically go as well. Yes, yes, you can. We should write down our things before. No, we can. we're not changing anything that gets done now. <laughs> just you know, I can tactically go. I, I built up this gap. Yep. I could be the arse now and just go. Yeah, whatever you say. That's fine. For bingo. For bingo. What did we get? We've done bingo. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. No. I'm losing. I don't like losing. No, you're losing on both. You're losing your mind by the sound of it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's. Yeah, we've done bingo. You, you can still win that. And Good. We've, We've not done... I just had to remind myself. Yeah, and you might still win on the overall predictions. Talking of winning, let's just remind ourselves of the championship standings before we see you out. So, we have a new leader at the summit, Ash Sutton, on 345 points. Uh, from Jake Hill on 340. Tom Ingram, 338. Colin Turkin, 318. And I think Butcher is mathematically out of it. Yeah. Butcher is mathematically out of it. So, that's... <clears throat> Four drivers that can still win going into finals day. And as a reminder, last season, Ash Sutton won the championship uh, with a score of 357 points. So it's likely we'll have a yep. an even higher point score than last season, which is mental, considering how much he dominated it last year. Yes and no. Okay. So I think we've had a more dominant top four. I think it's yeah, more right. evenly spread last season, whereas yeah. we've always had a, a top group of maybe either four or six this season. You look at the podium spread last season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you make a fair point. Um, and fair I think point. that's just how hybrid's been used this season. Doesn't have as much of an effect as the ballast did last time out. Um, I think it also um, is an indication that they are just the four best drivers that you put yes. in the machine. They can get, they can drive around the problems and understand them quicker and adapt quicker because they just are. <clears throat> for me, those four are the best in the championship. And I wouldn't say by a considerable way. I actually think I would. I think I would actually. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of really. They're the elite. There's a lot of really great drivers underneath that as well. I think those four are. 
by some distance the most elite drivers in this sport. Yep. That's why they're up there. Um, we will have a review, oh, a preview podcast coming for brands. Yes, we will. Uh, we may have some social media posts in the meantime, just taking a look at each Jeez. each of the drivers that are going into the championship well, we battle. We might do a pod. We might. Why not? Let's do a pod next week. We'll see. Let's commit. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be back with you before brands for the final weekend. We will be watching it from home. Uh, just so we can get on top of all of the action as it happens. Um, but to anyone going, we hope you enjoy it, and we'll uh, we'll be back with you soon. Bye for now. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 